Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. When you really think about the fact that you're just one of the over two and a half million people living in Chicago, which is a city known for its very powerful political machine, it can sometimes feel like the voices of us residents aren't really being heard. But George Blakemore ain't got them problems. You got to educate our people, inform, engage them, and get them involved in the process. He's a Chicagoan in his 80s who is known for making public comments at city council meetings. He's been doing it for decades, so much so that the council instituted a three-minute time limit on public comments. And it's been nicknamed the Blakemore Rule. But if you're not as naturally outspoken as George Blakemore, what is the best way to start engaging in local government and policies? To get at this question, we wanted to do a sort of Civic Engagement 101 episode. So we turn to Grace Del Vecchio. They're an editorial program coordinator for the Documenters Program, which is a part of the nonprofit civic media organization, City Bureau. Chicago Documenters is a legion of regular, everyday Chicago residents who have been trained to keep record of local government meetings. We pay and train anybody to document, which means either take notes or live tweet public meetings. They cover all kinds of meetings open to the public. City Council, the Cook County Commission, local school board meetings. Grace says some of the people who join Documenters do it to understand legislative processes. Because uh, beyond that schoolhouse rock, I'm just a bill, we're not really taught that in a way where it actually sticks. When do you get to learn that at other times in your life? It's not yeah. usually taught in schools, and if it is taught in schools, it's not taught on a local level. Which brings me back to the question we started with. How can you get more involved in democracy on the local level? The question I always want to ask people is, what is your alderman up to? Hmm. Start there, because your alderman is not the end-all, be-all. Like, this is, thankfully, this is not the daily era anymore. Like, there are <laughs> other people in power. Your alderman does, is not the end-all, be-all. They, they do not have all of the say. But still check up on them. If you don't know what ward you're in, go to Chicago.gov. And you can type in your address and figure that out. And then once you figure it out, search up your alderman, go to their website, read it around. If they have a newsletter, which they, most of them do, sign up for their newsletter. And just, or if you're on social media, find them on social media and see what they're posting about and see what opportunities they are offering for you to get involved. Um, and there's a couple ways that I suggest people do that. So one, and some of these things we're actually covering with documenters as well. And one of those things is a police district council meeting. So in 2021, the the city passed um, this ordinance called Empower Communities for Public Safety Ordinance. And from that, there are these two bodies that were created. And one of them is called the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability. And the other is the Police District Council. Yeah. So there are 22 of those. And what you can do is go to CPD, type in your address. I know that sounds... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little daunting, but if you go, go to, to <laughs> go to the police department website, type in your address, you can find out what police district you're in. And then from there, you can go to Chicago.gov and you can see when your police district council is meeting. Mm-hmm. And what this does is there's three people on these police district councils. One of them is responsible for community engagement. 
The other is responsible for organizing the meetings. And the third person is on a nominating council for the other body that I mentioned before, the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability. And that person takes people, like listens to people, what they want to see in the police department, but also just in regards to police accountability. And they go back to that other council Mm -hmm. and they all work together to nominate or they, they all work together to nominate people to this council. Yeah. I mean, so that's one way that people can get involved. Yeah. Go to these meetings, which happen monthly, and say what you want to say over, about policing in your neighborhood and what you want that to look like, what you want the role to be, the role of police to be mm-hmm. in your neighborhood, and what you want accountability to look like. That's such a helpful reminder of, like, these folks in these councils, city council, police district councils, um, local, you know, school boards, like it's their job <laughs> to listen <Yes. laughs> and do what aldermen, right, do what we are hoping and, and wanting um, in our communities. Um, there's a lot that you can really engage with in Chicago. We have a big city. Where in the city government landscape do you think people would be most likely to have their voices heard? I think as hyper local as possible. Okay. So like I, we just talked about the police district councils. Um, but again, sometimes your aldermen really do want to prioritize voices and hear from their constituents. And sometimes they don't. Mm. And that is where organizing has come in handy. Um, so I think for an example of that that I want to point out is there's this concept called community-driven zoning and development. Mm-hmm. And some aldermen really really care about that. So they hold public meetings and they have developers come in or maybe someone from their office will explain a development or maybe a zoning process that they want to enact in their ward. And then they have to hear from the community and sometimes aldermen will have the community vote. And if the community says, I don't want this, we don't want this, then it's not gonna happen. Not all aldermen do that, some do. There's this one group that I think is a really good example when it comes to organizing with your neighbors called the McKinley Park Development Council. Okay. So they first met and kind of formed in 2017, and it's because there's a lot of development that's been happening or may happen or has been discussed mm-hmm. about happening in McKinley Park, um, and they wanted to have a say in it. And at the time, the 11th and 12th Ward aldermen were not interested in that. Now, there are aldermen who are interested in there working alongside this group. Hmm. Um, but that, what that group does is it really informs people on what's going down in their community. Yeah. And then when there are these forums, they all show up, they all talk, and they explain these really difficult processes. So often development happens in a, mm. in a way that lacks transparency yes. and lacks communication with the people who are impacted impacted by it most. Yeah. And ideally, in a perfect world, our people who we elected, our aldermen, will protect us or at least try to, you know, and want to hear from us. Um, but when they don't, that's when things like the McKinley Park Development Council really stepped in. Yeah. It's a hard pill to swallow when you feel like the person you elected is not going to listen to you. Um, Mm. Thank you for those suggestions. Without getting too granular, I know that there are places where people can go to find out what's on the table for elected officials to discuss. Like, where does one go for that? Well, not to shamelessly plug, but to shamelessly plug. (laughs) (laughs) Something that we try really hard to do at chicagodocumenters.org is compile that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also under the the Open Meetings Act, 
part of that is that these agencies have to give up to a 48 hour notice that a meeting is happening. And for city council, that is all at one place called shycityclerk.com. Um, and on this website, it is a list of all the meetings. And there's also archives, so any past meetings, current meetings, and upcoming meetings. Mm. And on there, it has the meeting notice, the meeting agenda, and the recording from it. Um, But that's just for city council, right? So then for the police district councils, there is currently no recording. So it it can depend. Yeah. Um, Can you tell me about the Open Meetings Act? Yes, the Open Meetings Act is a piece of legislation that says public bodies which are usually some way funded by our tax revenue, by our by taxes, they have to be accessible to the public. And there are a few exceptions, like sometimes they can have closed meetings okay. here and there. There's 34 exceptions to be very, very <laughs> precise. Um, but in general, by default, if you're a public body having a meeting, you have to be accessible and open to the public. Okay. And also they have to have public comment. That is another big thing mm. from... Um, under the OMA, under the Open Meetings Act, is you have to be able to let the community say something if they want to say something. And again, a lot of that usually means they have to register beforehand. So there is a you know piece of accessibility there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also there's a three minute limit. So those are the main tenets of how, you know, OMA shows up in our public meetings. OK, gotcha. Um, if I want to show up and make a public comment, do you have any tips for that? Is there any like broad strokes you can share? Yeah, well, one, make sure, look into the meeting and see if you need to register. You often will need to register beforehand. So that's a really, really important thing if you want to make a public comment. Okay. You will be, usually you will get cut off at three minutes. So make sure you write down what you want to say or at least like have a bullet pointed and ready to go. Yeah. Um, do your research. I'd say, I mean, you can come up and show public comment and just speak from the heart. That's totally fine. That is well within your right. Yeah. But decide if you have a goal with your public comment and if you think you need to bring up certain statistics or certain resources, then make sure you have that prepared and ready. Mm-hmm. But registering beforehand so you can definitely make the public comment and you will be cut off in that time frame. Sometimes it's even two minutes. So make sure you know how much time you have and prepare accordingly. Why is it important to be aware of issues that are hyper-local? Because that's where we really have the power. You know, I think it's really, really easy to feel (laughs) defeated by politics and and defeated by our elected officials when you feel like they don't represent you, represent your community, represent your interests. I know I feel defeated all the time, but when the more hyper-local you get is, is... does not necessarily always translate to power that you have, but at least if it's on a smaller scale, there's more that you can do with yeah. it. Um, so again, like your alderman, maybe they won't pick up your call every time, but if you show up to that meeting and and you're in their face, well, then they can't ignore you anymore. Like when you have more access to your public official and you have more access to the legislative process that leverages their power, you then can in turn glean some of that. So I think... That that's my argument for hyperlocal. Also, you can see exactly where it impacts you. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So we talked about some really great tangible ways to get more involved in local government, and I'm wondering, besides also going to vote, what are some other things people can do to engage in democracy? Yeah, I think a really good way to start is understanding the legislative process, and, and by that I mean 
like what's the path to a piece of legislation? So I think for mm. for me, a really good example of that again is the Bring Chicago Home ordinance. So that was first introduced or talked about. That campaign first formed in 2018. So Bring Chicago Home, what it suggests is that we need to have this thing called a real estate transfer tax on property sales of over one million dollars. And what that does is that real estate transfer tax then funds like homelessness and, and or helps fund solutions for homelessness. Um, and that was first talked about in 2018, and it was just passed in 2023. And by passed, I mean it's going to be on a, the ballot in the spring of 2024, and then Chicago Chicagoans will we'll vote. will vote for it. Yeah. So that's it's a ballot referendum. But again, that was first talked about in 2018. Um, the, I think one of the latest renditions Maria hadn't introduced in 2021. That's going to be six years. So how does that happen? Okay, well, first you got to have people rally around this. Or you don't have to have people rally around it. An alderman can just introduce it. But that's what happened here. They got an alderman to introduce it. Then once something is introduced, it has to be referred to a committee. And then that committee has to vote on it, pass it. Once it's passed, it goes to city council. City council votes on it, passes it. But it's very... For big things like this, it's not usually that simple. Yeah. So you're saying like if you start by educating yourself about the the processes that go that go on that affect you, um, like that that's a good start, and then you'll know and then how you'll know. to engage. Yeah, exactly. And so again, these are hyper local, which means like they will impact us. If you saw someone on your street who's houseless, if you know someone who's houseless who doesn't have a home, or if you just see it and you witness it. You know that funding that is going to be a big deal. Yes. It's going to make a, you know, and even now, you know, where we have this influx of migrants to Chicago, there's a lot more discussion around funding for resources and houselessness, not just for migrants, but also for Chicagoans. Yeah. And so this, you know, ideally putting money into that should mean something for us on a very local level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would say about? engaging locally civically i think well one we pay and train everyone everyone and anyone to do it so we have an 18 year old and we have a 75 year old we have family members people bring their family members so really you can be anyone with any level of experience in any topic yeah or to just show up at all or just show up at all yeah again if you don't want to get paid that's totally fine (laughs) (laughs) but still make sure that the things that you care about your alderman knows that that you care about that or your local representatives know that you care about that grace del vecchio is the editorial program coordinator for documenters at city bureau grace thank you Thank you so much. The Documenters Network isn't just in Chicago. As I mentioned, I did it in Detroit. If you want to check out notes on a specific local meeting, or if you just want to learn more about what documenters do all over the country, head to documenters.org. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Maria Lopez was the engineer for this episode. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR network. And if there's something you want to hear on the show, you can email us and tell us. Email therundownpod at wbez.org. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later.